Hello and welcome back. After a two-week vacation, I don't know if you're on a two-week vacation, but I was on a two-week vacation. Thank you for coming back and being with us here for another episode of Daf Shui Weekly Daf. Give me forty minutes or so, and I'll give you a Daf or so. So it's Wednesday afternoon, and Wednesday afternoon when I am around, when I'm not in Western Massachusetts. Shout out to Ohel Minyan. Shout out to in-laws and friends. When I'm not in Western Massachusetts, and it's Wednesday afternoon, I am downtown in front of the ACLU, opposite the building of the Police Protective League in the BLM demonstration to end police associations. This is an ongoing Wednesday afternoon demonstration, part of a larger campaign to get budgets that are invested in care and not cops. Part of that is to get rid of police associations, what some people call police unions, which uh, make it really hard to police the police, make it really hard to undo the cops. And so that's where divest and invest and abolish the police and defund the police all comes from. And every week in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon, they come together, we all come together, BLM LA leads and families of victims of police homicide speak about what happened to their loved ones, about how cops shot their loved ones 10 seconds after they got out of the car, about how someone was having a mental breakdown and a relative called 911 in crisis and the police came and shot the person who's having the, the mental breakdown. And most of the time, these are black or brown people who are being shot by the cops and being protected by the police associations, the sheriff's associations. And so stopping ending the police associations is one step towards holding them accountable and one step towards divesting from this type of insane activity and investing in the social services and the education and the jobs that we need in, our, in all our communities. So there you go. So we are on, we ended at the bottom of 71A. We're almost at the end. We're going to finish the chapter this week. Yay. But we are uh, in the middle of a really complicated sugya, and it's taken us, uh, myself, a couple of weeks just to figure it out, and hopefully I'll be able to do that all in 40 minutes and not have to take two weeks to explain that. So this sugya is the result of what happens when Stam, the editor of the the Gemara puts a bunch, puts some an Amoraic statement and a couple of Tanaitic statements, and wants it to fit into a prearranged machloket, prearranged dispute. Here, the dispute between Rabbi Kiva and Chachamim around mocher ba'ayin yafem mocher or mocher ba'ayin ra'am mocher. The thing that we've been talking about for the past number of weeks: if someone, somebody sells. They sell generously, meaning they sell everything and they don't leave over anything to themselves, or they sell not so generously, miser, miserly, I guess, um, and they they uh, uh, leave things leave something over for themselves, like a path or the land around the trees, stuff like that. So that is the overall framework that the Stam is trying to shove things into. Now we did last week we did seventy one A and B uh, at some length, and we saw that this all starts with the statement of Rav Huna, who says, and Rav Huna's statement, as we mentioned last time, is actually commenting on the Mishnah on eighty two A. Mishnah in the next chapter about somebody uh, who sells their two who sells two trees in his friend's 
field, who buys two trees from his fellow. He doesn't get the land. And Rav Huna says, even though sages say in that Mishnah that a person who buys two trees from his fellow does not get the land, still, if he sells the land and he keeps two trees for himself, so he keeps the land for himself. Now, what's interesting, if we look at that in and of itself, right, just in the context of that Mishnah over there, um, there's no necessary reason for it to be part of this framework of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbanan, right? Um, now, the, it's not even clear. There's a whole question in in a, a source critical question about where that statement originated. It probably originated in 82b, and then uh, Halivni, David Halivni Weiss, in his book, Mechkarim Korot, says that actually the, the Stamidic comment on it was originally on 37a, and then the latest editors of the Gemara put together by Vatru, like smooth smoothed out the edges, brought it over here after the statement of Rav Huna was brought over here. So the problem is that there's no reason to think that this is in and of itself part of that statement. It doesn't fit it doesn't fit easily into either Rabbi Akiva's Ba'ayin Yafa or into uh, Rabbanan's Ba'ayin Tzara. It's not, it doesn't fit into a statement that when you sell, you sell everything, or when you sell, you don't sell everything, right? Because while the case of selling the land and keeping two trees and then keeping the land goes along with kind of miserly selling, right, if you keep the land, since the seller is not selling all the land that he, that he would sell. However, in the case of buying two trees, which right, is the second half of that statement, and not getting land with them, the seller in that case is neither selling the seller in that case is neither selling ba'ayin ra'a, ra, miserly, or ba'ayin yafa, generously, um, it seems. So there are a number of the medieval commentaries who say that there's this is on a whole different framework. For example, the big one is the Yad Ramah, who says that Rav Huna's statement is as follows. One buys two trees in their fellow's field. Even though the buyer has a claim in the land, a shiabud, a claim in the land itself to the extent that it keeps the trees alive, right? This is kind of a middle position. And even according to the to the Rabbanan, to the sages who hold ba'ayin ra'ah, miserly, here they admit that the selling and the buying of the trees is as is, that is in their current condition and not for the purpose of cutting them down. Right? So it's not for the purpose of cutting down, down. So therefore, there is some need of the use of the land that's underneath them, even if they're not buying or selling that land. For, for if the truth, if it was for the purpose of cutting them down, then they should have made it explicit in order to cut them down, and then they wouldn't need the land at all. However, the buyer does not have a complete claim on the land. For if the trees died, they do not have a claim on the land, for they bought the land and not the trees, as is clear on the Mishnah there on 82a, and also on the bottom of 71b here. So the Yad Ramah explains Rav Huna's statement that even though Rabbanan, even though, right, that's the whole point, even though, what's Rav, what's Rav Huna leveraging? Even though Rabbanan say that if one acquires two trees in their fellow's land, in their fellow's field, they did not thereby completely acquire the land which is needed for the trees. In any event, when one sells the land and retains two trees, right, he retains the land that is needed for the trees and does not sell that to the buyer at all. This latter, with the selling the land and retaining the trees, is even according to Rabbi Akiva, who one would have thought would have said that he does not retain the land needed for the trees. So there is a retention, but it's not an ownership. There's that middle category that the Adrama says is the only way to be able to understand Rav Huna here. Okay, and 
the Ramban also, Nachmanides also, a little earlier than the Yad Ramah, says that the reason of the sages in Ravuna's statement is because the land is subservient to the trees, right? The karkat felan is learned. And we would have thought that whether one sold the trees and retained the land, or one whether sold the land and retained the trees, this would be his. That's why Ravuna says, even though, right? Okay. So that's, that was last week, right? And then we finished that off by saying that then we go from there to Rav Shim, to this, this Brita of Rav Shimon, who's talking about, right, it's the end of our Mishnah. Rav Shimon says that one who, that this is the Brita, and it's actually the Tosefta in our parak. Um, it says, Rav Shimon says, the one who dedicates the field only dedicates the carob, the grafted carob, and the sycamore trunk. And Rav Shimon says, what's the reason for that? Because they suckle, they drink from the field of hectic. Now, that's going to become a problematic thing. Remember that statement, because we're, as soon in our, in today's daf, that's going to become problematic, right? Because here, immediately the stam wanting to put Rav Shimon into this framework of Rabbi Akiva and Rabbanan says that so if you, however, are saying that you left, that you leave land over, right, as Rabbuna said, when you sell land, you sell land, but you leave over two trees, um, you get the land for it. Then Reb Shimon's statement that because it suckles, it gets the water, it nurses from the land, therefore you only dedicate the the more the 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 carob and the sycamore who care that's not a reason for it to be dedicated because that land that you're suckling from that that the trees are getting their their water from is his own land it's not hectic land right if you say that you can leave you can keep the land back with the trees so then they say but then they say Reb Shimon holds like Rabbi Akiva who says ba'ayin yafa Right, so therefore, meaning that he is not obviously he is not leaving over land. He is not excluding land from from the sale, and that's why it is hektish. And Rav Huna says, like the sages. Now, this is where we're going to. So now we're going to start in today. We're almost on today's daf. <laughs> Here we're starting on today's daf. Last line on seventy one in the layout that was made popular by the widow and brothers Rome, low these hundred and fifty years ago in Vilna. Karabanan. Pshita, it's obvious that Ravuna says like sages. Why? Hakamash Malan. So what? So what's going on here? Hakamash Malan de Nafli Hadar Shatiyalahu. Yes, the printed edition has Nafkamino, but all the manuscripts have Kamash Malan. It doesn't sound. This is not like a Nafkamina type statement. In other words, it's a different picture of things, but rather it's a statement that's drawing a conclusion, which is a Kamash Malan statement. So therefore, we're going with the manuscript. So Hakamashmalan de Inafli Hadar Shatilu, right? If the tree fell down, this is why they hold with the with the sages. If the tree fell down, you're like he can go back and plant another tree. That is his connection to the land. Okay. So now we're up to 72A. Umi Matsit Mukmit Shimon So okay, fine. So Ravuna is holding like Rabbanan. But the first part of that statement, you said that Reb Shimon holds like Rabbi Akiva, who says that you, when you sell, you sell everything. Can you actually establish Rabbi Shimon, who says like Rabbi Akiva? Vahatanya, we have this other Braita. If somebody dedicates three trees from out of a uh, an orchard that had ten trees 
in the amount of land it takes to create a sa'ah of grain. So in that case, he dedicates the land and the trees that are amongst them. Therefore, when he redeems, if he wants to redeem the trees from Hektesh, from the temple, from being dedicated, he redeems them with, now, is the amount of, of place that it, the amount of land that it would take to plant, to have Chomer Sorim is Chomer. There's a little dispute what it means. It's a biblical word. The Rambam and other commentaries say it's the same thing as a kur. Alter translates it as a word that comes from donkey, meaning that which is the amount of grain that you could put on the back of a donkey. It's a it's a large it's a large chunk of grain. It's a large amount of grain. So when he redeems it, he redeems this amount of grain, right? That donkey full amount of grain, with 50 shekel with 50 silver shekels. Right? That is biblical, right? That's in Torah, in Vayikra. That is what we have to, that is the kind of the, the baseline plain redeeming is is uh shekel kesef, fifty shekels kesef in in a straightforward case of redeeming from Hekesh. Pachot Mikan Uyuteralkan, if however, so this is three trees in this kind of, in this specific time. It's not three trees very specifically in an area that would provide 10 se'as of grain, right? So it's, it's, it's not, they're not crowded and they're not too wide apart. So, however, if there are more trees or fewer trees, meaning that either it would look like a forest, which is something else, or it would look like there's only one tree, there's less than three trees, because you can't, to draw that big a circle would not be legally, halachically recognized as those three trees being together. So less than this or more than this, oh, or if he just dedicated one tree, then another tree, then another tree, and said, oh, look, three. That doesn't work. In that case, he does not end up dedicating, he, de- he does not dedicate neither the land nor the trees that are in between them, right? If you, so the, the, the first part of the mission says if you dedicate three trees that are set up like this, then you dedicated all the trees that are in between those three trees and all the land. If it's less or more than that area with trees in it, then you don't dedicate all the trees and you don't dedicate the land in between them. Therefore, the fichach, which is not in the manuscripts, doesn't make a difference. It might make a difference, but Therefore, you don't get, when you want to redeem the trees, you don't get the base price, but you have to redeem them at their value. And not only that, even if you dedicated the trees and then you went back and dedicated the land, when he when you redeem it, when he redeems it, still, he has to redeem the trees at their value, and then he has to go back and redeem the land at the fifty silver silver shekels price. So at the base price, okay, money. So this brayta goes like who? If it's Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva said that the seller sells generously. And, and, and of course, one who dedicates would dedicate 
dedicate generously means dedicates everything. So therefore, how could it be um, if in the where he says if he dedicated less than that amount, he doesn't dedicate the land with him? So it can't be Rabbi Kiva. E Rabbanan, if it's sages, ha Amri Mocherhu de Bocher Ra. So so maybe it's the sages because sages say that if somebody sells, he sells. He doesn't sell generously. He sells narrowly or miserly, and therefore that's why he left over. He just he just was dedicating the trees. We think, but But we know that the sages actually say that one who dedicates, dedicates generously, like Rabbi Kiva. So rather, it's obvious that it is Rabbi Shimon, and obvious is not in all the manuscripts, and that makes sense because it's not an obvious thing. It's just, it's the other option. The other option being that we need some third position because both Rabbi Akiva and Rabbanan say that when you dedicate, you're dedicating Ba'in Yafa, you're dedicating everything, but here we have a case where you dedicate and you don't dedicate the land in between them. So we have, so this must be Rab Shimon. Rab Shimon Aliba Demand. So who is Rab Shimon holding according to? Who does Rab Shimon follow? What, what, which uh, uh, theory does Rab Shimon follow? If you want to say that he goes according to Rabbi Akiva, Ha'amar, Mocher Ba'enyafem, Mocher Vachoshachem Matish. That doesn't make that you can't, because he says, Rabbi Akiva, that one who sells, sells generously. And then, of course, if he's going to dedicate, he dedicates generously. So it has to be according to sages. So he holds like sages in the case of selling. When one sells, one sells narrowly. But also, as opposed to Rabbi Kiva, he says that when one dedicates, one also dedicates narrowly and therefore leaves over the land, so therefore he can dedicate trees and he doesn't dedicate land also. Now we go back to the previous question that we had based on the Brita. We said that Rabbi Shimon said that when one dedicates the field, he only dedicates the, the carob or the sycamore because they draw deeply and they draw from Stay Hektish. So how could he say that if he's saying that Mishayar Ara, that he can leave land over? It was the same question. He's going to, he's actually drawing from his own land, not from Hektish land. So the Carib and the Sycamore are not dedicated. So now this time is saying that actually that line, Hoel Vyonkim Stay Hektish, this is they 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 draw from the dedicated land, Reb Shimon is that is Reb Shimon explaining Sage's understanding. So that is not Reb Shimon's understanding, but Rabbanan's understanding. And this is what he says: Lididi, for me, according to me, ki hechi So everybody, when you sell, you sell narrowly. Maktish nami bayin ramaktish, and when you dedicate, you also dedicate narrowly. Vishurei mishayer, and you leave over land. Lididhu, you oduli miha delo hiktish ela charuvim urkavus adana shikma. So you, because of that, right? That I hold that it's shurei mishayer. So you have to accede to me that you only that the only part that is dedicated is the carob or the sycamore, because they don't draw just from the land that's around them. They draw, and this is according to the Rishonim, they draw much more deeply from land that's far away from them, and therefore they are dedicated. They are hektish. The Amri Rabbanan, Loshna. 
So and and the sages say no, that's not true. There's no difference between Mocher Bayin Ra and and and, and Maktish Bayin So they they say no. But Mayu came to Lach Rabbi Shimon. So what do they say? How do they establish Rabbi Shimon? Ema Seifa, read the end of the Brayta. Velo od elafilu hiktish tilanot chozer hiktish dakarka. Even if he dedicated the trees and then went back and dedicated the land, Chu Podeh when he redeems it, Podeh tilanot b'shoviyin. He redeems the trees in their worth. Vchozer Podeh beitzera chomer sorim. He has to go back and redeem the land in this base price of 50 silver uh, shekels. Rabbi Shimon, and actually, if that was according to Rabbi Shimon, Lazel, Butter Pinjon, Vinifriku Agabarayu. We should go if it's Rabbi Shimon who says Bayin Ra. So therefore, he can, he should have dedicated the, you know, with the trees, the land should have been dedicated. So therefore, he should have gone after the redemption, right when the land was redemption, and he should have been able to redeem the trees with the land at the at the base price of 50 she- 50 silver shekels because we know that Rabbi Shimon actually does put the emphasis on the redemption Ditanya from another brighter. now up until now this has been obviously self-explanatory and pretty clear this is going to be a little more complicated that was that was a joke. This week's podcast is brought to you by the Cucumber Council of America. You know those times when you want to snack on something that's not too spicy or spicy at all, but at the same time not really sweet or sweet at all? Something that's crunchy, but when you bite into it, there's no danger of taste. Well, then you are looking for a cucumber. Big ones, little ones, they've all got that refreshing lack of any sort of taste. Cucumber, it's not a food, but it's not not a food. He's going into another set of rules, a set of laws, has to do with dedicating land. I mean, it's part of the general idea, is part of the same part of the biblical law, the same general idea of dedicating land and redeeming land. But then it's talking about stay achuza is land that you one inherits, as opposed to stay McNeil, which is land that one buys. So, from where do you know that one a person who acquires a field from his father and then dedicates it, and then his father dies? So, Ruvain acquired his father's field, right, and then dedicated it, and then his father died. How? you know that that field can still be handled like a steachuzah, like an inherited field, which has a different law than a steimekneh, than a field which is acquired. How do you know that? Because it says in the verse, and if it is a an acquired field, which is not an inherited field or a field of inheritance, then how do we read that? A field which is not able to be a field of inheritance. So that excludes a field which is able to be a sedea which is appropriate to be a, a a an inherited field, which is like this case because it was Ruvain bought it from his father. And then he dedicated it, and then his father died. So then he could redeem it, because at the point where he dedicated it, he could have inherited it. So therefore, he can redeem it as a steachuzah, according to Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Meir Omer, Meir continues that brayta, says, "Minayin lokeach sadet me'aviv umeit aviv achakach hikdish." Okay, so there's a, there's a different case. 
Ruvain acquires his father's field. And then his father dies. And then he dedicates it. So how do we know? How do we know in that case it is a it is an inherited it's considered an inherited field? Talmud Lomar Same verse because it says if it's an a an acquired field which is not an inherited field. So this is a field which is no longer an inherited field. This excludes a field which is an inherited field. Right? So therefore, Rabbi Meir is saying that since Reuven acquired the field, then his father died, right? So then he dedicated it. So he's saying that Reuven acquired his father's field, his father died, he dedicated the field. So since when he dedicated it, he dedicated it already after his father's die, father died, so then that was an inheritance field. And then he, he dedicated it, so then it's considered a steachuzah. Okay. So, ve'ilu Reb Yehuda, Reb Shimon, hecha demet avivachaka hikdisha, latzuichikra. But according, so the Stam is telling us now that Reb Yehuda and Reb Shimon, in the case where his father died, and then he dedicated it, in other words, the Rebbe Meir case, there you wouldn't need a verse. Right? That would be obvious. That would be a steachuzah. That's so obvious. So obvious. Where do you need a verse to prove it? Where you dedicated it, and then your father died, right? And not coincidentally, that's the case that Rabbi Yudin Rabbi quote in the Brayta. Minala, Minalahu, how do we know that? If it's from this verse, so then we could say that it goes. the verse goes according to Rabbi Meir because it says, so there's a distinction between and inherited and bought at the point of, of you know where where he's where he's dedicating it. So now because Rabbi Yehuda and Shimon are actually interested in the moment of redemption and at the moment of redemption, then his father is dead. So therefore, it could have been an inherited field. So that moment of redemption could have been an inherited field. We don't need the verse to tell us where his father died before he dedicated it. Rather, we only need the verse to tell us his father died after he dedicated it. Okay. Amar of Nachman Bar Yitzchak. Nachman Yitzchak here comes in, and Amora comes in and tells us. Laolam Ba'alma. Okay. So Laolam Ba'alma is kind of repetitive, saying the same thing. But it means, in general, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, La'azli Batar Pidyon, Bahacha Kra Ashkechu Vidarush. So in general, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon don't actually focus on the moment of redemption. But here there's a verse, and the verse comes, and therefore they learn it out of the Midrash and the Midrashic way. Imkain, if that's so, right? Lichtov krav miknato asher lo achuzato. It should have said if it is an acquired piece of land which is not his inheritance. Inami steachuzato, or it should have just said steachuzato is an inherited field. My asher lo misteachuzato. What does it mean? Why does it say an an acquired field which is not an inherited field? Et sheina ruyaliot steachuza, that which is not appropriate to be an inherited field. Yitzdazo shruyaliot steachuza. This excludes that which is appropriate to be an inherited field. So that brings us back to Rib Shimon, who's focusing on the redemption. So therefore, Rib Shimon 
focusing on the redemption, therefore, is is a different place than Rabbanan who say Ba'ayin Ra'ah. Rabbi Shimon says Maktish Ba'ayin Ra'ah because he's one keep one is one who dedicates the field, dedicates it narrowly because he's interested in the redemptive part of it. So that's why back in this Brayta he says Podeti Lanot B'Shovyein Chuzer B'Hoda Beit Zeras Chomer Sorim B'Chamishim Shekel Kesef. So because at the moment of redemption then it's just either the, the trees or the field, and therefore it has nothing to do with the, the uh, uh, previous conversation of selling it narrowly or, or generously. Okay, I'm Rav Huna. Back to Rav Huna. Charuv karkalov. So Rav Huna says that the, the grafted carob, our friend the grafted carob, and our friend the sycamore, the sycamore trunk, they are considered as trees legally, and they are considered as land legally. They are considered as trees legally. Because when they're dedicated or sell to trees, they have land. Turat karka, in other words, it goes with land. Turat karka alav de la mizdaben agav ara. It's like land because it's not sold along with the land. Again, okay, so again, there's a distinction there. It's not It's not clearly an Ayin Ra or an Ayin Yafa distinction. But Amar Rav Huna, Rav Huna says, Omer shiesh bo satayim, Torat Omer alav, Torat Gadish alav. So an, a, an Omer, a bushel, which has two se'az, has both the law of Omer and the law of Gadish, which is kind of piled grain. Right, that because this has to do with the law of what you leave over in the field, which you forget in the field, and then goes to one of the givings to the poor, the gifts to the poor, shikha, the forgetting. So that's in that case, it's considered as an Omer, because if you have two Omarim, then you have two forgettings. Right, so if you have doubled, so it's not considered forgetting because of the Mishnah that says that if you have an Omer which has two Se'az, so it, it its forgetting is not considered a forgetting, right? It's just, it's not counted in the forgetting. Rabbi says the name of Reish Lakish. We're moving to Palestine, or we're quoting Reish Lakish, the Palestinian Amora. The uh, grafted carob and the sycamore trunk. And when we talk about that, that is the dispute between Menachem Baryosi and Rabbanan. So we know that statement. So why don't we just say that we're talking about the dispute between Rabbi Shimon and, and the sages, the one that we've been talking about for the past hour or so. Well, weeks or so. So we learn from that that Rabbi Menachem Baryosi holds like Rabbi Shimon. Okay, now we should say, Hadran Allah Hamocher Etabayit. We are finished. This is finishing the parak. Let's go back a minute and see what we got here. So we have, in the end of the day, we have a number of different positions. We see that there, the move was to take this whole, the whole case of selling, 
and buying, and actually initially we just talked about selling, mocher ba'ira, we take it into buying, but also we slip that in to dedicating. The Rashbam gives us a little help to push it down that way by just saying, makdish kimocher. One who dedicates is like one who sells, but that's not true because we saw later that makdish is not like mocher, especially the one who dedicates one is not like the one who sells, especially according to Rabbi Shimon, who holds that even though Everybody holds the Maktish Bayan Yafa, that when you dedicate, you dedicate generously. He holds no Maktish Bayan Ra, that you can dedicate, you don't dedicate generously. But still, we slipping that conversation because of the fact that structurally they're similar. When you're Maktish, when you dedicate something, you are letting it be acquired by the temple. You're giving it over to the temple. The temple acquires it from you. There's lots of there's limits on what you can do with it, if you can do anything with it. Right? So there is the, you have the same questions of how much you dedicated. Right? And then how can you redeem it? How can you buy it back? So those questions, structurally, it's similar to the buying-selling, so it slips into the maktish. And then you have this distinction of Rabbi Shimon with the carob and the sycamore drawing water deeply. They have deep roots. And if you remember, this goes back to the Metzarim question that we had in the third parak. If you have a tree, 15 amot around the tree is considered the area in which a tree draws water from. So here the sycamore draws water from places which are beyond the specific. So therefore that's why Rabbi Shimon says that it is dedicated. And then we have the stam creating this middle position where it's not uh that's not Rib Shimon's position, that's Rib Shimon voicing the sage's position. And so therefore we have three positions and we have this really fascinating middle position where when you sell or buy a tree, the land that goes with it is not land that actually goes with it. It's land that you have some type of holdover for usage, right? There's a shiabud. There's some type of holdover for usage, but you can't, you don't own it, right? So therefore, you're 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 not selling. So it, that's why there's kind of a stipulation that you're not selling the tree or buying the tree to use it just for lumber, but rather you're selling or buying the tree so that the tree continues this. So therefore, if the tree withers and dies, then you might have a claim on the land to replace it. But if the tree doesn't wither or die, you have a claim on the land to be able to nurture the tree in that way. Okay, and with that, we finish the fourth chapter. And next week, we start the fifth chapter, one who sells the boat and all the things that come with selling a boat. And now we say... Hadran Allah Hamukhar Tabayat, we will return to you chapter four, one who sells the house. It's been a pleasure being with you. Thank you so much. As usual, I want to thank my amazing producer, Eli Unger Sargon. Check out his podcast, Four Cubits, with Jeff Helmreich. My amazing, amazing Chavruta Shalata Fun Robert. These past two weeks, we've like really did yo person's work. And the head of the Dafshui Communications Department, CEO of Communications here at Dafshui Central, Shachar Cohen Hodes. You can follow me at Irmiklat, I R M I K L A T, on Twitter. And you can reach out, get in touch, say something at the widow and the brothers at gmail.com. Be well, be safe. Take care of yourselves. Get vaccinated if you're not. Wear a mask. Stay healthy. 
And hopefully, once again next week, we'll see you in the Baby Josh in the Closet at Dafshuit. <laughs>